this year, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. Pair your impressive skills with our advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. This is a Rooster Teeth production. This is episode 22. Is that a, not a new hat? from the all-star game that's cool yeah like the under the, the underbill yeah right yeah. not bad uh they put like the little stars little all-star thing uh, did you root for the astros after the padres got out yeah <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely everybody did right yeah they're super popular those astros the phillies are it philadelphia is the new boston yeah you need to keep them down for as long as possible before they become the red Sox. um so they lost two championships in a day it was pretty great um last episode we were at turnstile Oh, it was yeah. almost too cold. Uh, but it's not the case today. Jesus talk- Christ. We talked about the patience of Job. Uh, we talked about uh, playing pickup basketball at the IBM campus, uh, something coming out of the woods on a train track, <laughs> uh, scooter top speeds, uh, Bernie versus Jeff's burritos, and uh, Target trip. Uh, but that was all the last episode, so this is the new episode. We're... So we, 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 we did we tried to do our Austin Java redemption today. Um, but apparently every Austin Java in Austin is closed except for one. There's only one left, and it is clear on the other side of town from our studio. So never, we went there anyway. Never knew it existed. It's uh, off Manchaca, which used to be Man- Manchaca, but it's pronounced Manchac. Gus <laughs> uh, takes issue with something that he's no. This has been that way forever. It's been that way forever. Uh, so we came. He, he, we went there. There's no place to record. So we had to go down the street to a park. I've probably driven by a million times, but never actually been to. Yeah. Oh, I haven't even tried the coffee yet. What's how, this how, place called? Austin Java. Wait, just, no, I just said it. Garrison, park. Park. Garrison, Garrison park. park. Yeah. There's a pool and it's sideways, Whoa. like it's tilted. What? <laughs> 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 Gus took a drink of his coffee. <laughs> That's, that's the strong. most animated Gus I've seen in years. <laughs> that's strong. That's all espresso. Holy crap! That's like all the coffee that was missing from the turnstile coffee ended <laughs> up in, ended in up here. in here uh, somehow. I don't know how your cold brew is, but that is a strong americano. Bland. It is the most. It's better than turnstile. It is because it's not it's, watery. But yeah, it's, but it's just sort of. It tastes hollow. I think hollow is a word. It's like a. It's like it's like a. It's got a hint of coffee. Yeah, your cold brew is really foamy at the top too. Yeah, I think it's probably on nitro, which yeah. is a, a really great gimmick if uh, you're excited to see something like that. Yeah. But I never am because I feel like that's to hide that it doesn't taste like anything. I uh, I'm glad to hear you say that, Eric, because I had some. I made some coffee this morning, and uh, I was afraid maybe I'd burned out my coffee receptors or something because I made it a little too strong. But yeah, it's uh, there's not much there. No. It's all in mine. It's a weak it's, cup. It's all over here. If you want to drink uh, coffee vagaries, I think this is the place to go. The whole place is a vagary. It, you you said like this is some the, these people 
come here every day. This is like a local spot for people who live down here. And I just said, <laughs> bummer. <laughs> I wasn't being insulting. You were. I was just saying, like, here we are on the ass end of town. I haven't been here. I mean, I used to live fucking 10 blocks from here down on William Oh, Taylor yeah, you did. Yeah. When I first moved to Austin. Uh, not terribly far from the third, fourth RTE office, uh, Ralph Albanado. It was the fourth. Wow. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, dude. Uh, an area that we all spent a lot of time in yeah. a long time ago uh, had no fucking clue that that Austin Java was there. And I was just saying to you, like, there are people that this is their daily routine. Like, this is the coffee shop in their neighborhood they go to every day. And you were like, poor sons of bitches. Yeah. I was <laughs> approaching it from that angle. I was just like, wow, there's like a whole little micro world going on right here. The little society of people that get up every day and go work on their laptops at fucking Austin Java. They're, they're, they're- so the sign and the no, color scheme is all pr- yellow. It used to be purple, right? It did, yeah. It, what happened? Like, yellow is the opposite of purple on the color wheel. That's Now I know why they closed them all. Yeah. Yellow's not as inviting as purple is. Well, here's the thing. Purple's a royal color, right? Maybe they were yeah. afraid they were they were, they were were appealing to the wrong audience. Maybe they they're trying to be too fancy, and they tried to find that. Maybe they tried to re- rework it to be a color of the people. Gotcha. Yellow. Yeah. Okay. You got to be, here's the thing that you don't understand, I guess. You got to be really top of funnel with this stuff. You got to cast the whitest net. <laughs> you gotta catch, you know, the most people and just bring them in. How many Austin Java do you think there were at its peak? How many locations? Because I, like, okay, I can think of the one. I could, I, if I had to guess, I would say like five. I would say five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's go through. Uh, the first one I knew about. And the one that I don't like for some reason that I can't remember. No, like we, like we both decided, I think, in a past episode that yeah. neither of us likes Austin Java. Neither of us knows why. That's why we're doing the Austin Java Redemption right. today. Uh, the one on Lamar and 12th, 12th or so. Yeah. Or so. There was the one across. Uh, there was the one that was in the Austin uh, what City, is Hall? City Hall Yeah. on 2nd Street. Apparently this yellow this one. version down on Manchac. Uh. <laughs> and uh, I feel like there was at least Manchac. one norther. Norther, <laughs> one more northern north. Yeah, I know there's at least another one or two. I can't think of them. But those are the only three I can think of off the top of my head right now. Eric, go on the Wayback Machine to AustinJava.com I, in no, 2004. No, I don't think he is. I, I've only ever been to the one that was on second because we would come for RTX. Yeah. And we would go across the street, me and Garrett from Mega64, we'd go across the street, get coffee and some tacos. And the first time we came, it was like... Dude, Austin rules. This is so yeah. cool. Breakfast tacos, and you get a cup of coffee. It was like, wow. It's so, wow, how impressive. And then every year, every subsequent year, it was like, this is less special. <laughs> <laughs> now, and now you live here. Uh, man, RTX, that's a that's a whole thing. I can't believe we, I, I can't believe you guys would walk around to Austin Java in the summer because that's events like in July and it's hot as hell. It's a pretty good walk. We yeah. well, that's the thing. We were across the street. The hotel we were staying oh, at was yeah, like across yeah. the street oh. from that Austin Java, and that then we sense. would walk from there to the convention center as early in the morning as we could before it got so yeah. hot. And I remember walking down the street and people would walk just by and go, "Hey, how, how's it going? Hey, good morning." Yeah. And it was, uh, I'm not used to that. I was not used to that before I moved here. Very <laughs> the, weird. The uh, the only reason, so that's like hot. That I, I wish we could have that event on a different at a different time of the year, just because it's so oppressively hot. Um, the first year we had that event was in 2011, and it was at a field not too far from here, actually, a little south yeah. of here. Um, and 2012 was the first year that we had it at the convention center. Do you think that field is still an empty field? What? Do you think the field? Oh is no, still they an empty they built field? something there. Did they really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, office, like a little office complex thing. Hmm. Um, 
so 2012 was the first year we had it at the convention center. And I remember after we did, I, I used to run the, the event back then. And after we finished the 2011 uh, event, I was like, all right, cool, this is going well. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's have it at the convention center. <laughs> I, uh, I scheduled a meeting with the convention center people like to try to book dates. And they looked at me like I was stupid, because uh, I was. And uh, I was like, yeah, it was like May 2011. It was like, yeah, I want to book uh, the convention center for an event in 2012. They're like, well, normally we book these out like two or three years in advance. Wow, really? Yeah. I learned a lot. <laughs> and they're like, the only dates we have available in 2012 is 4th of July weekend. And you can have, you know, Exhibit Hall 1. I was like, okay, great. We'll take it. And uh, the re only reason those dates were available is because no one was stupid enough to have an event in Austin <laughs> in the heat of the summer on 4th of July weekend. And uh, we've kind of we've kind of stuck with it, you know. It was like, okay, that's kind of our dates. You know, sometimes we have to move it a little bit because of calendar issues or other, other events that are going on. But, man, I really wish we could move it. <laughs> Like, South by Southwest is in March, ACL and F1 are in October, and that's because those are huge events, and that's, like, yeah. the best weather and the most ideal time to visit Austin. We're the idiots having our event out there in, uh, in July in the heat of the summer. South by Southwest being in March is probably the main reason this city is successful right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's because everybody comes to Austin in March when it's 78 degrees, and we got weather like, like Southern California. Yep. And it's fucking gorgeous 100% of the time. And then they, they turn around and go home and pack up a bag and move here. And yeah. then three weeks later, it's 110 degrees. I feel like people are constantly warned about the heat and about how hot it gets and how long the heat lasts. And still, regardless of that, you still hear about people moving here and then after less than a year leaving because yeah. they just they can't deal with it. It's No one should live here. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I went for a walk yesterday, and w when I left my house... It was like 71 degrees, and I thought, I'm going to go walk for like an hour, hour and a half, yep. listen to a podcast, listen to some Bill Simmons or something, and uh, put on a, this is like a little light jacket because it was like 71 and breezy, and by the time I got home, it was like 86 degrees, and I was sweating like a fucking asshole. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that weird time of year where I was driving around probably noonish yesterday, and I saw like these two women crossing the street wearing sweaters that they obviously had put on when they left wherever they live yeah. in the morning and they just looked miserable. It's like, it's way too hot to be wearing a sweater right now. It's way too goddamn it's, hot. It's, uh, what, 77 right now. So it's, it's not unbearable, but it's just, it's, it also rained this morning. So it's that muggy, <laughs> awful kind of day. I hate it. Um, yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if you want, if you want to talk about RTX much. I, I, we, we kind of mentioned, uh, the dates and it got me thinking about a lot about that. What's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you at RTX? The most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me I'll at RTX. I'll pose that question to both of you. Um, oh God, I don't know. I don't embarrass easily, so that's a tough one. Mm. I think you're maybe kind of the same. Um, I had to leave the stage once. I was on a panel with Kind of Funny, and Greg Miller hit me over the head with a prop fake bottle that shattered, mm -hmm. and uh, it cut up my forehead. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and I was like... Like, I pretended, like, you know, the fake bottle knocked me out, and I was laying on the ground, and I was like, I can feel liquid all over my forehead. <laughs> like, oh, I think the bottle cut me. I had to, like, jump up and be like, all right, be right back. And I had to, like, run off stage and get, like, first aid real quick behind uh, uh, the stage and then come back out. Felt a little woozy after that. <laughs> Why didn't you just get up and then, like, you were bleeding everywhere, and then you could have been, like, a hero who fought from underneath. You could have been the <laughs> underdog. Uh, I, I was a little disoriented, <laughs> and I was not expecting to see blood on myself, so uh, I was like, let me go take care of this real fast, I'll be right back. Uh, I don't know if it's the most embarrassing, but the most, 
the time where I wanted to curl up in a ball and uh, uh, disappear was <laughs> when we <laughs> when Gus and Barbara were running the convention. <laughs> we asked Gus how it was going, and he's like, "It's great. Is you know we're taking care of it. It's awesome." And we asked Barbara how it was going, and she gave it a beat and then started crying and we all just went oh no oh god oh no 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 oh no it was incredibly stressful i think uh uh you know me it's like it's always trying to put the best face on yes. and just yeah. trying to be like perform through it and get through it it's that, that uh, gen x mentality maintain that illusion but man those were there were some rough years there were some really rough years what about you what, uh what's your most embarrassing i only i only re- pose the question because when I think of RTX now the first thing that pops into my head is it was like maybe RTX like six years ago okay five years ago maybe uh going in on a scooter and uh like one of those little rented scooters and uh I hit a curb wrong and I wiped out and I wrecked and I rolled like 15 feet and landed and and I got stopped by a trash can and I wrapped around the trash can and like 40 Rooster Teeth community members ran over to help me up. And they're like, are you okay, Jeff? Are you fine? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I was all bloody oh. and fucking wrapped up, like laying on a trash can. And I, yeah, that was not my finest moment. No, that's not that's not great. Um, I feel like the, the event has been through several iterations about what the event is. And we, I think we always struggle ourselves trying to identify what is the event and uh, like the best way to execute on it. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I think uh, you know we're, we're we're continuing to try to to try to figure that out, and I think that's that's part of the fun of it is trying to trying to figure it out and not being afraid to do something different. And I'd I'd really like to see us fully lean into that and do something off the wall uh, nuts. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I used to back when I, I was uh, running events, I used to always pitch these crazy ideas that. So I, I had no background in event planning. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we hired on people who, who did. And we worked with companies who that's all they do is uh, do events. Yeah. And uh, I would pitch ideas that would just have every event a professional in the room, like, put their head in their hands and be like, why? Or no. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, I, I, maybe we should go back and revisit some of those ideas yeah. and do them just because people think they're a bad idea doesn't automatically make them a bad idea just because i'm in a room full of professionals and they all put their head in their hands doesn't mean i'm an idiot um what were some can you give us an idea of some of your ideas one of my ideas was to uh have no signs anywhere jesus christ yeah and uh you do that because then you encourage people to explore and find things without uh actually telling them exactly where to go uh, you're wrong and and that you could have like cool pop-up events hidden around uh, and that no, there is there is no just no signage. I'm being nice to you because I like you. If I was in a room and somebody pitched that idea, I don't know that I would ever listen to another <laughs> idea they pitched. Do you, do you? I don't know if you've seen it. There's a there's a poster somewhere around the studio. Uh, it's like a a drawing of me wearing like those uh, X-ray glasses. They got like swirlies on them, and uh-huh. it says RTX Chaos is fun. Uh, mm-hmm. That they made that in response to uh, that suggestion, or I should say, the the event planning company made that in response to that suggestion. Uh, it was like unofficial art. It was like just like an idea if we leaned into the the chaos aspect. I already don't like being at conventions. <laughs> Trying to get around in conventions is a headache, and I have to stop and ask people. And there are already signs. To take the signs away, that's so obtuse. I don't <laughs> even know how you can like. Yes, and it. 
That's a no but all the way, bud. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I, 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 everyone's disagreeing with me. I feel like I'm getting bullied here. Nobody wants to hear my uh, the truth that it's really a great idea. That should be the name of your autobiography. Nobody wants to hear the truth. That's the role story. Do you have any other ideas that uh, everyone said no to immediately? Uh, yes, but... Um, you want to use them? I want to use them, yeah. so I don't want to say all of them. Uh, that That's the one I'll give you. I, that one, I'll admit, will probably never get used, but I do have a lot of other ideas that I would like to see uh, revisited. Uh, you could... The bucket okay, of okay. unused ideas in Rooster Teeth, yeah. you could swim in like Uncle Scrooge's money. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, on a tangent to that one, uh-huh. I had an idea... Uh, God, I, I, I don't think we'll ever do this. That's the only reason I'm saying it. I had an idea for something I called Secret RTX, which is you hold the event and you don't tell anyone where it is. Uh, it's like you have the floor with the exhibitors and stuff, but then every panel and every event is a secret and people have to find it. And it's distributed all around downtown Austin, uh, like at whatever random venue at random times, and it's all word of mouth. There's no, again, it's like an, ex- an extension of the no signage. Let me tell you an idea I have. (laughs) Here's an idea that dabbles in the themes that Gus is going for, that we were actually going to do, that we'll never do now, the time has passed, that I think it scratches what he's talking about, but in a... In a a plausible way? Plausible way. Uh, You know, we did years ago, we did uh, this video called Uno the Movie that got like a bunch of views, like 7, 10 million views, whatever, and... uh, People always wanted a sequel, and we didn't want to. Um, and we have since done the sequel. We did the Uno live stream, the thirty-six hour live Uno stream, whatever. Uh, but we did that like six years after the original movie. Uh, the original idea for how to follow up Uno the movie was, and we were <laughs> thank the pandemic. This didn't happen. The year of the pandemic, when we had to cancel RTX, I had already secured uh, the Paramount Theater for the Friday night. We were going to have a private, intimate Achievement Hunter event that we didn't say what it was. And we were going to give 1,100 free tickets away to members. And then the only rule was they couldn't post about it. They couldn't talk about what was happening or what they'd seen. And when they got there, they were going to go into the Paramount, having no idea what they were, gonna, what they were walking into. On the stage was just going to be the Uno set. We were going to show up in tuxedos like it was Baccarat with James Bond. And then we were going to have, like, uh, waiters and waitresses come and bring us drinks and stuff. And we were going to do Uno 2 live in front of a studio audience. And it was just going to go as long as it went. We figured it'd go, like, three hours. We had the place till midnight or something. So there was going to be a hard out. But we could have steered it out early, I'm sure. And then that was, that was like, our idea of achieving Gus's surprise and delight without making it impossible to find or enjoy. But that's and I would love to have done that. And that was that was and I don't think the audience knows that. But that was the plan for Uno uh, two from that, the get go. That would have been real fun. I like that idea of. Uh, and I had already had it. I mean, they they were trying to figure out how to disseminate the tickets when RTX or when we had to cancel because of COVID. It, Random but, bag insertion. But that makes sense for one event. Yeah, you're talking about an entire convention. Yeah, spread out across an entire downtown. The thing that I think of is during someone singing. Tarzan was here. Um, during E3 one year, there was a pop-up thing that was like, I think like Popsick branded, uh-huh. that where there were like tattoos and all this stuff or whatever. Oh, and like, yeah. That pop-up thing, I would love to do stuff like that for these shows. Yeah. Where it's like we're coming to Denver and it's going to be 
in this spot, this coffee shop, whatever, we're taking it over for X amount of hours and we're doing this thing in a meet and greet or whatever. That to me makes sense. A whole convention. What if you say you're going to Denver and people have to figure out where this and when? <laughs> an invite-only thing where you don't know exactly what it's going to be, but you kind of have an idea about what you might get into is very interesting to me for a single event. Yeah, yeah like I a think, convention. No, not I, a think, <laughs> I think if your product is ARGs or, yeah. you know what I mean, you can get away with something like that, Gus. But I love that <laughs> shit. It makes me th- I think... Uh, That's not who we are, though. No. <laughs> I, I, I think I was... Uh, Influenced a lot by those early ARGs and by like that old game, what was it? Mass? Majestic. Majestic. Majestic, that was it. Uh, from what was it, the, like the late 90s, early 2000s? Uh, we were living together like probably two, 2001. 2000, 2002, 2001. Uh, I don't know if you remember that game. Uh, uh, it was EA, wasn't it? Yeah, I played it. I fucking signed up yeah. for it. I got the calls. It's like you signed up for it and there was no like game. Well, there was, but there was no game client in the traditional sense that you're thinking of. Yeah. It was all like, you submitted your phone number, your email address, and your instant messenger handles, and it was all like, they would contact, it was like a like a spy story that was told via these media forms. Like, you would mm-hmm. get messages, or phone calls, or voicemails, or letters. Shit and figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. And it, uh, it was all like, trying to tell a story without having like without like launching a game and looking around and kind of blurring it, the line between reality and fiction. It must have been the first ARG. Maybe. Like it was before I Love Bees and all that stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um it, it's like if QAnon was real Jesus Christ. And <laughs> there was a way to participate. <laughs> uh it was kind of like that. <laughs> Do you think all the QAnon people are just a- doing a clever ARG that we're not in on? Dude, they could they could be paying customers 4.99 a month. <laughs> uh I think ARGs in general, like, Lost was probably, like, the last media thing that I, like, gave so much to because I was enjoying Mm. myself so much. Um, Since then, so many other shows and things like that ask so much of you to be involved, even just through, like, your time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, when they were few and far between, it was really cool, and then it became, like, a glut of that stuff. And it could be a lot of ones that weren't done well. Yes. Yeah, a lot of, like, half-thought-out ideas where somebody in a room said... Well, I've seen an ARG. We should do that, and then nobody nobody was in charge of it, yeah. so it was just sort of like half an idea. Uh, that sucks, and and enough of those, and you just go, well, I'm done with yeah. this. I'm I'm over. Like Cloverfield had like yeah. all the slusho stuff or whatever the fuck mm. it was, and it was like, this is cool. What's the end game? Um, there, in fact, it, it's funny you mentioned Lost. Uh, I bought that Blu-ray box set when yeah. it came out, yeah, yeah. and even the box set itself was like a game. Uh, there was like things hidden in the box set and like secret messages. In fact, like one of the bonus discs was hidden in the packaging. You had to like figure out how to open it and realize like, oh, there's something else here and like open it up and get an extra disc out of it. Uh, I I thought that was like a really well put together box set. And that is how we approached all of our DVDs too, back when Mm -hmm. we made them. Good God. I just had like a flashback to DVD testing. Dude. So the the audience has no idea. You don't realize this because you've, I'm saying this you to anyone listening unless you've authored a DVD you don't realize and I get this is fucking ancient now nobody cares anymore but you don't realize how every DVD player treats a DVD differently yeah and you have to when you're designing like the menus and the layout the and the buttons and the, yeah, all of that like every player will interpret everything a little differently so we would have to make a DVD then try to test it on as many different DVD players as possible, you author it, then inevitably there's some obscure DVD player where, oh, 
it just auto plays through this, all the special features one after another, and there's no chance for uh, yeah. the whoever's watching it to or actually you, give any input. Yeah, it uh, and also we we made it. A, it was a point of pride with us that we wanted to put as much bonus content on the DVD as actual content. So if a season rang in at two hours, we wanted to have at least two hours yeah. of bonus content. And so we would. I remember when we. Initially, we were going to submit, submit the DVD. It was still working at Tell Network. Uh, it was in Bernie's office. He was holding the DVD, and we were going to put it in the mail and send it up to Dallas to get it printed. And we were both looking at it, and like, it's just, we didn't do enough. And so we decided to go back, and we, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, you were involved. We spent like another seven days just working all night long, adding more Making extra stuff, bonus yeah. features. In it. And, and we got really into Easter eggs at that point. And then we set up a bar that we felt like we had to beat every subsequent DVD. And so by the time we were making like season five and six DVDs, we would have like 40 Easter eggs or 50 Easter eggs a DVD that we had to film, that we had to test. Yeah. They'd be like, what? it's right, right, down, left, right, f- up. And then Donut says the thing. Yeah. Fuck. Or, and, then, and then you test that on... So if, if there's six hours of content on a DVD, you got to test six hours of content on every DVD on every player on Earth. We made sure to hit the game consoles because we figured a lot of the audience yeah. would have game consoles playing in there. So that was like the focus of the bulk of our testing. And then whatever other DVD players we had or we could buy to try to, to test them. The, the, the Easter egg I remember that gave us the most trouble was it season three where if you left it on the title screen... Uh, and didn't make a selection after a while, like Doc would show up and steal one of your menu options. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, but there was one brand of DVD player where as soon as you put the disc in, Doc would immediately begin stealing all your menu options. <laughs> so you couldn't actually watch anything on the disc because it would just like start automatically going through every one of those. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's nothing left to choose from. <laughs> uh, that I think that ended up having to get reauthored, if I yeah. remember right. Uh, like so that, that that disc went out, then it's like when we had to print the second round, it's like, all right, let's fix that. So that We had to send a replacement disc to certain people, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you've got back-to-back meetings, you've got errands to run, and you've got ugh, chores to take care of. What's the secret to clearing your to-do list? Have more kids? Yes, but it takes 12 to 14 years before they're good enough at chores to really help out. And actually, in the short term, it makes it a lot worse because you have to do uh, a lot of chores for them, especially for like the first four or five years. That's why I recommend DoorDash. You can get dinner, household essentials, and everything on your grocery list delivered to you. Every time you place an order for pickup or delivery, you are setting off a chain reaction that helps give back to the people who make your neighborhood unique. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos, like uh, your favorite sandwich shop right down the road. They probably got some pretty baller pastrami, uh, or maybe the uh, the mom and pop uh, convenience store right down the road that uh, that goes out of their way to, to have some really thoughtful selections in terms of uh, food and drinks, which I, I appreciate, uh, or even choose from national restaurants uh, like the ones that you might eat. I'm not going to name them. You know what a national restaurant is. For a limited time, our listeners can get 50% off up to a $20 value and a zero delivery fee when you download the DoorDash app and enter code A-N-M-A. That's A-N-M-A. What does it stand for? It stands for savings. That's one thing I do know. That is 50% off to up to a $20 value and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter that mysterious code A-N-M-A. Don't forget, that's 
A-N-M-A for 50% off, up to a $20 value, and zero delivery fees with DoorDash. Subject to change. Terms apply. Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Uh, let me ask you this. Is that something that you wish you could still do? No. Well, <laughs> you didn't even finish. Well, I was going to say, or maybe you're just nostalgic for, uh, but I think Jeff answered that question immediately. It, it was hard. It was like we did that with Mega 64. It was like a lot of that stuff and, and authoring and testing or whatever. But there's still, I have like a nostalgia for that where it's like these insane little Easter eggs to hide on stuff. They were so cool. And you can never, I don't know how you could ever do that again now. I, I miss being clever. I, I miss when media allowed you to be clever. And then you, and because it felt like you could reward people who wanted to also be clever. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Like now, yeah, if you stream stuff, you see the the time bar, right? You see, you know, like, oh, there's extra something at the end of this, or you know, you skip ahead, pass the credits to find something. Um, it's difficult to try to hide something. So to get around that, I remember when we released episode 100, uh, we wanted to try to get around that. I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to put out different versions of the episode, but couldn't figure out a way to do it without spoiling it so when we put you know, this is back b- before youtube right like you would click on a link on our website to download the video i think we made every letter in the link a different link so it all when you looked at it oh it, it was a but it looked like one link to download the video but really every letter and every space was a different link so depending on where you clicked on the link you got a different version of the video downloaded we had and seven different you couldn't things. you couldn't tell until you like download it, went to the comments to talk about it. It's like, oh yeah, it was weird at the end when this happened. Like, what are you talking about? The end of the video was this. Oh. Like to try to create that. It was our confusion. clue moment. Well, like when Clue came out with three different yeah. things and where you live, depending on which one you got. Yeah. God, what a what a pain in the ass. That was yeah, <laughs> that, I, that was fun though. <laughs> it that was fun. fun. That was when we saw Gavin when Gavin fell asleep standing up in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> there was some, there was some long long days day, and weeks. That day, I remember I remember Gavin and I went home. After, because he fell asleep standing up, and we were like, we gotta, we gotta get some sleep. And we'd been there for like a fucking, I don't know, four days straight days, or something. Yeah. And I fell asleep on I 35 driving home, and Gavin had to like shake me awake while I was driving us home. It was brutal. And then, I don't know if you remember this, like, I got home, uh, that's when I live off, lived off of Lake Austin Boulevard, passed the fuck out. And then the servers had all died because once people figured out you could download multiple files, they would go back and start downloading. So it was like everything had crashed, but my phone was dead because I'd been at work for like four days. So you, nobody could call me. You had to come over and bang on my window to wake me up in the middle of the night. Do you remember that? I don't. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And you're like, the servers are down. You got to go fix them. And I had to drive over to our co-location facility off of Montopolis and reboot oh. everything and get everything working again. Uh, it was like I had my uh, Helio Ocean at the time, yeah, I think. Yeah. And it was like, it was just dead. 
uh, yeah, and so you <laughs> you got to sleep a little bit. Then you had to drive across town to go wake me up. You went back <laughs> home to sleep. Then I had to go back over to the servers to get them back up and running so everyone could download stuff again. Talk about a fucking pain in the ass. I I love reminiscing. Mm-hmm. It's about fun to those talk days. about now. I wouldn't want to go through those days again. No, that's a that that like building a company and and going through all that. That's a, that's a young person's uh, endeavor. I don't, I wouldn't want to do that in my fifties. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I like sleep too much. So much so much effort and commitment, you know. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, that was a. Uh, that, that I think that was. The, that was the peak of that kind of stuff. Was right around that time. Well, no, no, I take it back. No, it was not. <laughs> uh, we definitely uh, kept up in the bar after that. Because I think about like some of the sh- shit that happened after that at the Congress office. I would say the Congress office yeah. was the, was the, the peak of that The Congress office stuff. was the peak of that yeah. stuff, for sure. Uh, yeah, well, good times. How do you qualify the peak of that stuff? Like, well, like by quality or quantity? Quantity. Quantity. Okay. Yeah, quantity for sure. Um, that's, that's like, we talked about this before, like making the NCAA, uh, like Jumbotron videos, the Mountain Dew videos, trying to figure out all that reconstruction stuff. And it was just, any one of those projects was too much work. (laughs) I mean, there were like three or four of them at any given time. Reconstruction, that's when, uh, that's when we started working with Eddie Rivas. Yeah, we met him, uh, then he came up from, he would come uh, up from from Houston Houston to help 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 us with some of that that stuff. stuff. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was at the Congress office, and that was in itself <laughs> a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> just just shaking his head. Man, that's fucking office. That was so we, cool and so shitty we, at the same time. We should go back and have. We should do an episode of Anima from like the hideout, which was right next to where the office used oh, to that's be. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, downtown. The office itself is gone. That building was uh, was demolished. It's a hotel now. Hotel now. Uh, but I have so many memories of that block and specifically that alley behind the uh that office because we would walk in and out there was a door that led to the alley and that's how we would walk in and out a lot there was a door to the front too but uh lots of times you'd walk in and out of the alley and that alley is filthy i have i I lost track of how many times i stepped over human shit just to get into the door Mm. uh to go up to work uh there was a (laughs) i used to call it stab alley yeah Nice. nice there was a a restaurant under us, uh, and during the lunch rush, you could smell all of the, it, was not, it wasn't really bad. Maybe we got used to it, but you could smell when their vent hoods turned on, yeah. and uh, like all of the smell would start coming upstairs to where we were. It was a pita pit. Uh, and uh, I got sick of pitas real fast. Yeah, because <laughs> it was easy. It was like we had uh, a door that went downstairs directly into the restaurant. Oh, okay. So we could just, like without going outside, walk down, go into the restaurant, and, uh, and get food. Uh, and there were no, there were so many signs in that stairwell that said, "Do not go upstairs, private property." There were signs on the door that this said, "This is not a part this of Peter Pit." This is not the Peter Pit. Do not knock on this door. Do not try to open this door. But it was like a nonstop. Yeah. You would hear people jiggling that door handle or knocking on the door trying to get in and be like, "What are you doing? Did you not see the fifteen fucking signs?" And like people with a, a pita in their hand and a yeah. soda, like, I, "I I can't help you. You can't come eat up here. Go find somewhere else to eat." That was also, I, I guess because we were so centrally located, that was when tours started to happen and really got out of control. I don't know if you remember that. Tours? Yeah, like oh, people would show up and want yeah, a tour, yeah. and uh, which we were always happy to accommodate, except for a lot of the stuff we're doing is NDA, and so we'd have to like do a sweep around the we're office and turn off monitors and stuff, and it, it started to become 
really detrimental to the work process. And I remember one day, the day that it kind of broke me was you guys were all out of town. It was just Jack and I there. And this is, I was, might've been around the time we were making Supreme Surrender. Like, I don't know if Jack was a full-time employee yet or if he was just helping us out on loan. Um, But it was in that era. And Jack and I gave 16 tours on a Friday. Oh my God. Wow. And we were like, this, we got to do something. Not sustainable. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing about that location was that it's close to downtown. It was 7th and Congress. And uh, during South by Southwest, like every possible place you could have a band has a band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there, the Peter Pit downstairs would have shows during South by Southwest. And I remember one, <laughs> you know where I'm going with I remember one year we were all trying to work and there was a band performing downstairs under us. First of all, it was like, it was sounded like a pirate was singing. Yeah. We went down there and it was like a band where they did like pirate sea shanties. Oh, God. And this is before like sea shanties became popular a couple of years ago. This was back in oh These guys were on the bleeding nine. edge of, an, uh, of yeah. annoying. And I was like, wow, that's really annoying, but we can keep working. So we go back upstairs and keep working. They, they wrap up their set and the next band comes on and it's a band called Four on the Floor. Uh-huh. All drummers. All drums. And... It was, How do you remember the band Because it was it was so fucking dumb. That, the the floor. that and, rules. And the drums were so intense that you could see on our computers that the hard drives were being jostled around so much that they couldn't read and write at their normal rate because the, like, the heads were skipping. So it's like, we have to shut down. Like We literally cannot do any work as long as Four on the Floor is performing downstairs. Yeah. We had to stop. Then we went, down, we went like walked around the block for a bit until they were done playing. And then we're like, all right, now we can get back to work. It was like the... Every, like, the desks on the floor were shaking. <laughs> uh, we couldn't, like, you couldn't sit. It was like something out of a cartoon where, like, someone's trying to sleep and everything's shaking. Four on the Floor is an American rock and roll band from Minneapolis, Minnesota. The group is known for each member playing a bass drum <laughs> and for writing all their songs in 4-4 four, four time. <laughs> you, I, I've never thought to look them up. That, that, Are they still that together? rules so hard. Oh, you guys well, see them play something. That was them. If you, if you ever have a chance to watch, check, out four, on the floor. check out 4 on the Floor, they, Dude, they performed at the Peter Pit. so Probably crazy. Probably in 08 or 09. Dude, they're still going. They got shows like like a, a couple days ago. Wow. Hell yeah. Way to go 4 on the Floor. All right. I don't, it's I, official band of Anma. I, I don't remember the name of the Pirate Sea Shanty uh, Good. band, though. I, we don't I, need I, to shut them the floor. Uh, yeah. Okay, let me ask you this, because I do want to save more of the Congress stuff for... I, I do think the next episode we should go to hideout. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, think I don't know where we'll record there, but we'll figure it There's out. There's nowhere... Maybe we get them to let us record in the theater in the back. Oh, maybe. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, Nick also gave me this little Zoom control thing so we can do it walking, so we don't have to hold microphones oh. and stuff. So it'll sound worse, but uh, I don't more care. more convenient. Yeah, the, the stories will be better. Audio texture. Uh, I want to stick around this area oh, oh. because, We're here. Jeff, you said you used to live around here. Yeah, yeah. Like a long time ago. When I fir- So when I first moved back to Austin... Well, I shouldn't say move back. I never lived in Austin. Like, I lived in Colleen and Copper's Cove uh, when I was in the Army, which is about an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half north of here. And so I, you've never been there, I assume. Yeah. But if you were to go to Colleen or Copper's Cove or Harker Heights or any of that area, Belton, you would learn that there is, it's like a third world country. It's, it's, just, like, it's just pawn shops and, and rubble. And it just exists. There's about 50,000 soldiers on Fort Hood, and every business exist to take the meager amounts of money they have away from them it's it's really it's a depressing area and so it sucked to live there and so i would reason i fell in love with austin is because i'd get off work at five o'clock and i would just get in a car and i would drive down to austin and i wouldn't come home till four in the morning get like two hours of sleep and then go to pt 
And so I was here seven days a week, unless I was deployed. Um, in which case, it was two days a week. Yeah, in which case, yeah, it was two days a week. Uh, and so I fell in love with, with Austin through that, so that when I finally left New Jersey, when I got out of the Army, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? It's cold and brutal, and the snow is gray, and it's just dismal. And I was on tour with a band, uh, and we played, it was December 13th, 1998, and we played in Austin uh, at a place that used to be called the Typewriter Museum over in East Austin. It's a restaurant now. And uh, and it was like 78 degrees, and we were all wearing shorts, and we went swimming. And I thought, why the fuck am I, <laughs> why the fuck am I living in New Jersey? Yeah. So I went home on December 17th. I packed up everything I had, my first wife and I, and we moved to Austin December 17th, 2000, or 1998. So we got here like December 18th, mm-hmm. I think. And I just went to the first apartment complex that said it had availability uh, in the paper, I think, because this That's is what you did. How, how you did it in the 90s. And it was a place called Cooper's Hill on William Cannon. It's no longer called Cooper's Hill, but it's still an apartment complex. And I just rolled up to it and I said, I'd like to rent an apartment. And they said, okay, when do you want to move in? And I was like, well, I got the U-Haul. Mm-hmm. And I moved in that day. And so that's why I lived over here. It was just like the first place that said I could. Uh, are you down here at all ever now? Uh, well... Yes, but only because of Bahama Bucks. So here we go. I'm obsessed. Gus Fuck. and I went through a phase where we were obsessed with snow cones together. Yes. There was a there was a snow, snow cone renaissance mm-hmm. in the early 2000s in Austin. It, would pre- it predated all of the trailer park uh, craze that took over the entire country. Uh, but there were trailer parks of snow cones all over Austin, and Gus and I got really into them. And then they kind of faded away and died. Yeah. And my love for snow cones did not. And so there's this lo- local Texas chain called uh, Bahama Bucks that I go to probably once a week. And there, it's the closest one to my house. There's like one in Round Rock, one in Cedar Park, and one down on fucking Stasny. And so we go to that one. So the, the, the trick is, and what we liked, is like the soft ice. Like lots of times you think of a... Shaved ice. Uh, yeah. Right. Like you think of a snow cone, it's like that hard, kind of yeah. rocky, gravelly ice. That's garbage. Yeah, it's doo-doo. Like, yeah. It's doo-doo in your mouth. You it's a, like a mouthful of sugar doo-doo. Shaved ice that's nice and soft and fluffy. That's the reason we like slow, Snow Beach so much back in the day. So Bahama Bucks is your go-to. Yeah, and that. so I come down here just for... But if it weren't for Bahama Bucks, I, I would I would probably wouldn't have been down here in 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't think of the last time I've been here in this part of town. It's like a different city now, too. Like, there's a bunch... When I lived down here, there were no bars down here. There weren't a lot of restaurants. This was practically outside of town. Yeah, there are like... Whole communities. There's a place called Little Darlings that everybody loves. It's it's yeah. owned by the people that made uh, Yellow Jacket Social Club, which you like. Uh, there's a there's a whole fucking scene down here. It's a whole other world, and I I don't know anything about it. There's a lot of talk about like South Austin versus North Austin with the river like dividing it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is very much like quintessential what you imagine South Austin. Yeah, uh, like this kind of stuff. Um, it's weird. What a natural barrier that creates yeah. in the city, and like I guess, like what a choke point. Like a lot of our traffic woes are because of the river that flow. Sorry, the lake that <laughs> goes through the middle of the city, <laughs> and that force like funnels people to like certain choke points. That makes everything all fucked up trying to get around the stupid city. Yeah, I don't like. I mean, we spent a lot of time down here because I, I, I lived down there, and then the Rushteeth office was down here for how long? Were we at Rafa Bonita? Like three years, three and a half years, maybe three years. Three, maybe so four. We yeah. Filmed. I was trying to figure. This is not the park, but I was thinking of a day that you and Brandon and Joel and I all filmed at a park for some reason. What was it? You, you don't. Remember? I don't remember what. It was around the time that we had like a flat. That same day, we filmed at Brandon's apartment complex in a pool with like a flat Gus and a flat Jeff or something. Oh, it was the um, the best friends thing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Don't, I don't remember it. You were like uh, trouncing through the 
woods with my cutout. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know that skit. I love that skit. And it was it was right around here. I was thinking briefly it might have been this park, but I don't think it was. I wasn't there. I was my my my, uh, my cardboard cutout was there. Not me. That for that yeah. for that shot. Um. Oh oh oh, unrelated. I just remembered something. Okay. Uh, what cologne do you wear? Uh, I don't know what it's called. You don't know what it's called? Mamba? It's like a yeah, <laughs> Mamba number five. Uh, it's like a, a Louis Vuitton cologne. I don't know. Okay. Um, the reason I ask is after we recorded Anima last week, uh-huh. uh, my car reeked of cologne. <laughs> and oh really? That, that's that's why I asked you to drive today. Uh, it was like somehow you must put it on your chest because it was like on the seat belt on the passenger side, and it was like. I, I got it in my car. Like, I didn't smell it when you were in the car, but something about it, like, sitting in the sun and baking the, the day while huh. I was at the office, like, I was like, what the hell is that? And I turned and looked at the passenger seat, and it was like you were still sitting there with me. Oh, must have smelled great. <laughs> no. He's a good cologne. I think you smell great. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. You know me, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. Gus. And I'm, I've got a perfume allergy. He does. You Gus. have a what? Yeah, I'm like, I'm super sensitive to, to fragrances. That's why, like, I have to use, like, unscented deodorant, and I can't wear cologne. Like, all my... all. Bath products have to be unscented. My, I have to use fragrance-free detergent, fragrance-free uh, like fabric sheets, dryer sheets. But you said aller- you s- al- allergic, or yeah. you just don't. No, like I'm it? allergic. Yeah, he is. What? Yeah, it's a. He's one of those people that shouldn't have made it. Yeah, no, no. If if this was like a hundred years ago, I would have been dead. Yeah, like I was. I, thankfully, I've grown out of a lot of my allergies. But when I was younger, I was severely allergic to grass uh, and just about every tree you can imagine. Uh, life was hell. I've, I've I've grown out of a lot of them, uh, but Gus used to when early on one of them. when we would talk about our future and like you know being grown ups and having homes and stuff. Gus used to always be like, dude, the first thing I'm gonna do when I buy a house is I'm gonna pour concrete all over the whole yard, <laughs> and I'll never see grass again. It'll never touch me. I'll oh, never be, be around it. I'll never cut it. I'll never be allergic to it. It'll never make me itch. Yeah. It just won't. I'll just live in a concrete wonderland. Yeah. Uh, it's not as severe anymore, but it still bothers me. I hate springtime when everyone starts cutting their grass. I hate springtime. Yeah, because yeah, like, you go through the winter, it's like, oh, this is great. That's fine. Nobody's cutting it. It's fine. It's not in the air. But once everyone starts cutting it, it's like it, everywhere. You can't get rid. You can't get <laughs> can't away get, from it. Can't get rid of that grass. Uh, it's grass everywhere. I hate springtime. <laughs> <laughs> so much grass. Oh, my God. My Uh-oh. parents still made me. Oh, that was almost oh, a disaster. Jeff, Jeff almost oh got his finger stuck in the... We almost... You almost, sky, we you almost skylocked yeah. it. <laughs> his oh, finger got stuck me. in the, the table. Oh, that me. Uh, he stuck his finger in the table. You want to take a... You want to take a picture of that? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I don't no, want to... Jeff, I'm not going to go down again. It was like... I went I went past the knuckle. What are you thinking? Oh, my God. I don't remember what I was going to say. Something about... Oh, oh, oh. So, even though I was allergic to grass, my parents still made me mow the lawn. They thought it was fucking funny. Yeah, they get, they bought me like a little uh, mask. They're like, here, you can wear this, and it's fine. When I when I grew up on the border, it was like a fucking 110 degrees outside. Like I'm not wearing the fucking mask. Well, out that's there. why they had you cut the grass. They weren't gonna fucking do it. <laughs> I knew somebody who uh, from, who's from Texas who was allergic to horses, and his parents made him ride horses to. Bread. They're like, you'll get over it eventually. You're in Texas. You're a Texan. You gotta ride horses. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. It just made him more allergic. Wow. Man, um, is there anything that could happen down? I want to go back to being down in like this area because again, this is an this is an area of town I never come to. Yeah. You talk about like that natural barrier, like the yeah. river. Why am I ever going south of the river? Yeah, you know what I mean. It just, you're just going to find traffic. Yeah, South so, Park Meadows. Why would you go to South Park Meadows? I don't know. Big outdoor mall. That's where I got these jeans. There you go. <laughs> it's, yeah, but it's got there's nothing unique there. It's, oh, it's just I'm like just kidding. Okay. Dude, <laughs> 
The only I was sitting here trying to think of the only thing to even talk about down here that was yeah. interesting is South Park Meadows used to be a concert venue. So but I, I think we've talked about we, it. We did talk about yeah. that. So I was going to say, is there anything at this point that would like that could happen down here or be down here that would bring you south other than doing this show? Yes. There Bahama is Bahama Bucks. Bucks. There, other than Bahama Bucks, there is a neighborhood over here that I like a lot that I visit sometimes. Oh, really? I've talked about it on Face. It is the neighborhood where that flooded and the city bought back all the mm-hmm. homes and it's turned into like a kind of a wasteland where like nature's reclaimed. Uh, it's kind of fun to drive around there. Like I go down there like maybe every three or four months just to see the how it looks now. So does anyone live there at all or has it all been purchased? There were out of like 300 or out of like 700 homes, I think there are like seven or eight homes left. That are occupied. That are occupied. So are the other ones just abandoned or were they torn down? They've all been torn down. Okay. So there's just like probably concrete slabs that are overgrown with vegetation yeah, at this it just, point. Yeah, it just looks like, it's just, it just looks like a road with woods around you and fields around you where like occasionally you'll see like a transformer sticking up where, you know, or huh. that doesn't belong or like a tree that isn't natural to the area that just you know, it was in somebody's yard. Right. It's now unkempt. Huh. I should it's, check it's, that out. It yeah, sounds... I'll take you over there sometime yeah. if you want. It's just, uh, if you take, uh, if you go down William Cannon east of 35, yeah. go down like, I don't know, three miles and take It's like over by Onion Creek, kind of? Yeah, it is yeah. it is on Onion Creek, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you ever see Barbarian, the movie? Yeah, I watched it like uh, three or four days ago. Is that what the neighborhood's like? Yeah, that's okay. like the neighborhood in Barbarian. Okay, that's a lot. Of, yeah, that's a great. <laughs> okay, that's like you were describing it. I was like, that's kind of what's making. So me think it's of. interesting too because there's two neighborhoods, right, that were affected by this. The one it is very much like Barbarian. The other one is on a golf course, and so they're like, they're tearing down like three story, four hundred thousand dollar houses, and mm. it looks very nice and pristine over there. And then the other neighborhood is a little different. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's it, yeah. It's it's. I, I really want to see that. I think that sounds really interesting. It's wild. Yeah. They've started to close a lot of it off to the public, though. So you, well, yeah. you probably should see it. They probably don't want to bother maintaining it. Well, like there's also update. there's also just like, I think people go there to do needle drugs and stuff. Because mm-hmm. there's always just like cars parked there at two yeah. in the afternoon with somebody in there by themselves. Well, they can just come here. Looking sketchy. I like mean, all the people here. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say like, I, there's locks on the baseball fields and you can just do needle drugs out by like these fucking trees. I don't get, why would you lock a baseball field? Let me play baseball. Yeah. I don't understand. You know, what, what are you gatekeeping? Yeah, what are you baseball. Baseball. baseball? <laughs> steal the bases? It makes no sense. You already steal the bases when you're playing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's a part of the game. Three strikes and you're out. Um, well, we're right around that 50 minute mark, so we should review the coffee and talk about. Here's the thing. I want to talk about Austin Java quickly, and see if it really redeemed itself here because we also got breakfast tacos. Uh, the, the, I, I I can't drink this coffee. What do you mean? It's way too strong. <laughs> it's. You could take it back to the office and divvy it up and fill some water in. I could probably put a gallon of water in this and, like, it would be the correct dilution. It's so strong. Have a sip. It's weird because ours was so weak. It's been, yeah. it's been watered down a bit by the ice, so it's get, it's better. It's actually much better now that it's been watered down with that ice. Okay, so you guys were against Austin Java. Oh, but and, it, uh-huh. Go ahead. What was that taco I got? Like a bean and... Oh, okay, so it was... Egg, black bean, and cheese. No, it was potato, black but bean, and that, cheese. That's right. That was it. Uh, it had black beans and refried beans in it. I was very confused after the first bite. I was like, I mean, pick a lane. <laughs> what, what well, are we, yeah, they did. Is, beans. <laughs> that is a first for me. I, I've never seen that before. Years in Austin, I've never seen black God, beans. God, man, I got all together. like these black beans, but they're not staying in the tortilla. I got to have them stick with something. Refried beans. Refried beans. Bean glue. <laughs> so uh, weird. I was super unimpressed. 
I didn't hate it. Yeah. Like, I was sitting here trying to reconnect with whatever it was that I... And I remember being... I remember looking at the floor, the, like, old wooden floor in that one on 12th and Lamar and stewing and okay. being mad, <laughs> waiting for something, and being like, fuck this place and fuck these people. I'm never coming to this fucking place again. But I don't remember why. But I will say, after spending a day or a morning with the yellow uh, mm-hmm. version of mm-hmm. Austin Javico, completely unremarkable. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It, this is a better, uh, it's a better iced coffee than I had at Turnstile, but uh, I would give it like a six. It's, uh, it, it's a matter of location for me. Yeah. Like, it's so far from the studio and from where we know. It's like we said, south of the river. I don't think I would ever come here seeking out Austin Java, but I mean, if you live here, it's oh, fine. Okay, but imagine that there was one by the office. Would you go there for that? For what we just had? No. Probably not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I, they, they used to be all over the place, and then that's what they're turning in with one location. It was now. fine. It was fine. And I'll say this about the tacos, too. And this may only make sense if you have been in Austin for a while, but the tacos were very 2005. Oh, that's a that's a good way of putting exactly what I ate. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very, it was very it was representative of what a breakfast taco was in Austin in like two thousand four two thousand five. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What's your what's your favorite breakfast taco then? Right now? Yeah. Uh, I eat a taco rito a lot. Where's that? Uh, there's a oh, couple oh, of them. Oh, oh, El Taco. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I eat there a lot. I uh, I like Veracruz. Oh, Veracruz. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. And there's yeah. one right by the studio, too, over yeah. there in Mueller. Yeah, mm-hmm. Veracruz is good as fuck. That place is crazy because they will shut off their online ordering on the weekend. Oh, and you really? have to Yeah, because the wait is so long. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've gone there before. Like, oh, I'm right by Veracruz. I'm going to stop in and order something. And waited like an hour to get food. How they, about they are you? so... Uh, busy. I don't. I'm not a big breakfast person. You know, I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't typically eat in the morning. Today, I've got a fucking crazy. I need to eat. This is my only chance to eat until like 7 p.m. tonight. Um, but I would go with Veracruz. I think they're they're pretty solid. Uh, there's a. It's not necessarily breakfast tacos, but there's a great Mexican place. It's. <laughs> this sounds like I'm, I'm making. I'm like putting a big asterisk on it, but I'm not. Uh, it's a vegan <laughs> Mexican place. <laughs> it's called Nissi. Uh, they have a brick and mortar up at like Burnett and 183. Okay. They have some excellent tacos. Burnett and 183. You know where like uh like, like gender mattress Morses? and all that shit is? Yeah. Uh, like, like we're okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like on the other side of Burnett from Trudy's. Okay. Like okay. back behind the Olive Garden and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they're they're it's they have really good tacos and beans and rice. I think that place is fucking excellent. And it's vegan. Yeah. Everything's vegan. That's really cool. really good. Hmm. Went there uh, just last week. Okay. How about you, Eric? What's a good breakfast taco? In uh, if you're, I think Veracruz is great. I think Taco Deli is fine. I think you could get like that's the one that I feel like everyone goes to, and you just go, yeah. okay, this is whatever. Uh, Talk about 2005 tacos. Yeah, right. Big time. That's Austin to me. Is that thing? Here's the deal with Taco Deli. Mm-hmm. If you go to a coffee shop in Austin and you get a breakfast taco and they yeah. give you a Taco Deli taco. You're going to get a 2004 taco. Yeah. If you go to Taco Deli and yeah. eat in Taco Deli, it's a totally different yeah, quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, yeah. Oh, much go, better. Totally go, different quality. Go to Taco Deli yeah. if you can. Um, there's a place way on the east side. We go out and play baseball and, and kind of hang out and stuff. And it's called like, it's like a Norteños, like uh, like chicken place. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's like that flat kind of like grilled chicken they chop up and everything. That's really good. Uh, like this Pollo Norteños place is really good. They got a they they used to be a food truck, I guess, and then now it's like a yep. brick and mortar. So it's like it's uh it's nice. There's a food window on Mainer called Taco Mex. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that place is fucking awesome. No, I don't know about the breakfast tacos. I only got dinner tacos there, but that's pretty good. That place is fucking good. great. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, we should start wrapping up, but I want to get a couple of names guest. Um, oh right. Uh, we got your boy Alex said, "Answer me anything or answer me Austin." No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, annoying men arguing from Oscar Mike. That's very, oh, that's very apt. Yeah, but that's, no, uh, no, yeah no. I thought that was a pretty good one too. But um, 
Animosity, Austin, no. Oh, this is from Sam. Samuel Wamuel says Ant Manor or Ant Manor. That's what I was going to say. It's Ant Manor. No, no, that's not it. Oh, okay. How about Anger Me Again? Mm, Also very apt, but no. No. We got to be getting close to the name. Oh, absolutely. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I've heard heard some real good ones. That's not sincere what he just did. No, it it also also doesn't help us. That is sincere. That is absolutely sincere. Mm. It just Ant Manor so close. What? <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> not sincere. Well, uh, thank you for another episode. If you want to follow us uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, you can at Anima Podcast. You can check out uh, where we just had a cup of coffee. What the coffee looks like, and see uh, Gus and Jeff. Cheers, a little coffee, which we need a oh, picture of here right in a minute. Uh, oh, oh yeah. that's a good idea. We'll do it while we're recording. Hang uh, on, let me turn it to the point five. Hang on, you got to like really like lean it. There we go. That's take a good it. one. You listen. You listen to us. Take a photo. Yep. So you can check that out. Uh, but I think that's good for us. Uh, I want to try to get some merch going uh, that we had some ideas for a while ago. We just have to see when we can actually get it on that print-on-demand stuff. So uh, maybe some merch coming soon. But uh, tell someone about this podcast. Let them know about uh, what we do here and why. And uh, if you can figure out the name, let us know at Anima Podcast. Don't tweet at me. Tweet at Anima, Anima Podcast. Podcast. It's Got not it. that hard. Yeah. Um, any fa- final words? Don't tweet at me either. Yeah. Gus, <laughs> he just won't tell you. Yeah. Um, I-, I mean, any final words, parting thoughts? Oh, yeah. End on? Uh, don't tweet at me either. There you go. There you go. That's my final Don't word. tweet at any of us. But honestly, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm going to go touch grass. I touch the most grass. 